Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. We're back. Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is starting the second season. We aired 93 podcasts in season one, and you can still find us on most major social media platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, RSS, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Radio Public, and more. We're now in our second season and featuring a new format, including interviews with your favorite outdoor celebrities, great hunting and fishing destinations, living the dream land reports to keep you up to date on the greatest outdoor properties on the market today. Two, we will have the occasional market update, including current interest rates. And last but not least, we'll have a weekly giveaway of fabulous outdoor merchandise. There's going to be lots of fun and excitement on the new Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Properties Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper, your host, and I'm happy to say that I finally rounded up a gentleman I've been chasing for a year here to get him on the program. That's Patrick Sneeders. He's the uh, land agent up at uh, Freeburg, Missouri. Uh, Patrick, great to have you on the show, man. I know you're quite an outdoorsman. Yeah, th- thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure joining you on the show here. And, uh, yeah, with uh, both season uh, right here on the, on the fringe, on the corner, it's a uh, very exciting time of the year for sure. Oh, it really is. I, I tell all my relatives and friends and everybody, don't even try to get me to come to a party or do anything out of the ordinary after September the 1st, you know, because September the 1st, dove season began the 11th. Uh, we had teal season come in the 15th. Their bow season starts, you know, the 1st of October. We we have a turkey season come in, the fall shotgun season. I think also the 15th yeah. uh, gigging season started, which is a huge thing in the Ozarks. But I got to say, man, you recently had an – an adventure that I think all of our listeners will be jealous of. And be sure and listen to this program, folks, and get it on all the social media podcasts. But, uh, Patrick, I understand you made a trip to Africa recently. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I went with uh, fellow Living the Dream broker Dale Strumpf. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we took a eight- or nine-day trip out to South Africa on a uh, bow hunt. And it was uh, – it was uh, – I don't even have words to really put it in. It was amazing. It was a, a trip of a lifetime. Um, it just, it, the list goes on and on. It's just a completely different world over there. And it's something, you know, everybody truly needs to go see at some point in their life if you can make it over there. Well, boy, I, I guess so. Now, is this something that you'd been planning for years and years? I'm sure it wasn't. If that's such a huge undertaking, I'm sure it just wasn't a spur of the moment trip. No, it wasn't spur of the moment. We uh, we actually were going to try to make it um, back in 2020. We kind of started planning it in 2019. And then, as, as of course, you know, the COVID kind of hit, and it kind of made it tough to get there in 2020, so it got pushed back um, to this year. So, yeah, it's, it's been in the making for probably about two years. We've been talking about it, and 
me and Dale, we didn't know if we wanted to go on an elk trip or you know, maybe <laughs> down to Texas for a whitetail trip. And we finally, uh, finally set our sights on just going over to South Africa and uh, going on a safari hunt. And we, uh, it was not disappointing. Oh, I would say not. Uh, all the rest of us sitting back here in the States were very jealous. You know, you guys posting those pictures on Facebook and all. Uh, it looked like just a grand, grand expedition. And I have to ask you, you know, of course, I'm quite a bit older than you you two gentlemen. But uh, I've always been a big uh, fan of Theodore Roosevelt. You know, he, he spent a lot of time in Africa. Also, Robert Ruark was one of the great, great outdoor writers and uh, spent a lot of time in Africa. And, of course, that was back in the days, I think around the turn of the century or shortly thereafter, when Africa was still uh, pretty wild and woolly. I'm sure it is today. But also, Ernest Hemingway spent quite a bit of time in Africa and wrote about it. Some great stories. Uh, Robert Ruark's Horn of the Hunter was primarily about uh, stories of his hunting expeditions in Africa. And boy, could he ever tell some wild tales, you know. So, did you guys, by any chance, read any of these guys before you made your trip to Africa, or you just uh, kind of. Uh, wing it or had information from other people or what were your sources of information yeah uh, no I, I never did read any stories i did know teddy roosevelt um he was quite the explorer and expeditionist I, I did know that he spent quite a bit of time over there in south africa and i've read a few stories on him um but no we actually heard from um our good buddy um ernie hale he owns a uh, hale hook and hunt over there in Lynn, missouri at the bow shop if you ever around the uh, stop by and see him and um, he, uh, I, I've he known a couple Ern- other buddies there from Lynn. Yeah. Hey, I've known Ernie for probably 40 years. Uh, I used to deliver UPS to him when he was down at Bell, Missouri. And Ernie is quite the outdoorsman. Yep. You know, he's a fabulous walleye fisherman, too, on the upper uh, Gasconade, or actually it's the lower, closer to the Missouri River. And I, I've tried for decades to get that rascal to take me walleye fishing, you know. And I think he won't do it because I'm an outdoor <laughs> rider and he'll afraid I'll give up his good spots, you know. <laughs> but Ernie, Ernie uh, put you on to Africa, huh? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he's been a, a few times now. I think he's been three or four different times, I believe. And uh, yeah, um, Dale, uh, Dale kind of was in touch with him um, leading up to it, and uh, so that is kind of what got us hooked on it. And he gave us a, a great place to go. And uh, yeah, so that is that is where we uh, kind of got our in- insight and info from. Well, I, that's interesting that you that you say that because so many i've dealt with tons of outfitters and you know 50 years of of uh, working in the outdoor industry and uh there's been times in my lives when I've, I've had radio programs or tv programs and i try to sell these guys on advertising you know and i've heard it from so many and they're they're rather blunt about this they'll say our best advertising is word of mouth and that's so true you know as an outfitter man if if you have customers and, and you treat them really well, uh, they will talk about your business. And they'll also talk about your business if you don't treat them so well. So, <laughs> yeah, we know how that works. I've got a dear friend. Of course, I spent a lot of time in the Yucatan of Mexico. I've been working down there part-time for about 12 years and worked three years for the Mexican government. And since then, I've been working for private outfitters. And a gentleman by the name of Jordy Janay uh, had 130,000 acres leased up down there. And I've turkey hunted and deer hunted and hunted a variety of other creatures down there. But he sold his operation to a young man who was his head guide. Now, he went to Canada last year uh, to set up a guide business up there. 
got stuck in Canada. He just got out a, a month or two ago because of COVID. Oh, my. <laughs> well, hey, think about it. Uh, how bad would it be to be stuck in Canada for a year? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, probably not as bad as you think. Uh, a lot to do up there. He sure he sure made the best of it. He got in a lot of hunting, fishing trips himself, and made good contacts and got his business off the ground. But back to Africa now. Uh, I'm thinking of all the things I know. What a trip it used to be for me to try to figure out everything to get into Mexico and back out. Now Canada's a similar situation, uh, and uh, I'm sure. Africa uh, may be a little bit more difficult a process, but uh, once you made contact with your outfitter and you're kind of planning this whole process, what things did you have to go through? Were there any government regulations or anything that you had to take into consideration? Uh, not, no, it was not as bad as, as you think. Um, really, the only thing we had to do was just pass the COVID test, um, a week before, you know, we, we left and then we had to take another COVID test on the way back, but, um, it was actually not near as bad as one would think, um, as far as that aspect. Well, that, that's, that's nice to know because that's, I've never been to Africa. I've got a brother who's a missionary. He's done a lot of work in Africa. Gosh, it's been many, many times, but, uh, I've heard him talk about, you know, coming back sick at different times uh, of course being a missionary he's always baptizing people and in some of those rivers are not the cleanest things in the in the world so he, he has had <laughs> I, I know he i guess he had an open sore on one of his legs one time and uh, got some infection in it and wound up in the hospital four or five days when he when he came back but we don't like to talk about those kinds of stories you know we do realize as outdoorsmen anytime you go abroad you're you're there's there's some risk involved but for the adventuresome spirit Hey, the risk, at least for me and a lot of people I know, have always been worth it. Well, what about uh, getting ready to go? Uh, how did you know what to bring? That's always a big question that people have for outfitters. What what kind of clothes did you take to South Africa? Yeah, so uh, I, I just went with um, – they kind of, you know, pre- bring some – you know, lighter colored, you know, the tans and gray colored, um, and then also bringing um, a lot of dark black uh, clothes because we were sitting in a blind, uh-huh. um, all, all black on the inside. So, yeah, so everything kind of getting as dark as possible in that blind is, is what we went about. We didn't really bring a whole lot of camouflage. Your, I guess traditional, you know, white tail hunting, you know, camouflage, real tree stuff. We didn't bring much of that. So right. um, it was just kind of, you know, dark, neutral colors is what is what we brought. Well, sound like it, that would work. And, and, of course, we Americans are so crazy about camo. My good friend Ray I, uh, oh, it's been several decades ago, I guess he had a little tiff with some of the camo companies, and he quit wearing camo. But I remember a turkey hunt he did up in uh, – uh, New York, he there are a lot of rock walls up there, so he was wearing you know those basic colors of tans and greens, light browns, and that sort of thing. And uh, I think he did a piece for Outdoor Life magazine about that hunt, and you would not believe the contacts he got. People wanting to buy his rock wall camo. So <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I bet so. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Still this day, he still wears those for turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever. He just wears those kind of muted greens and browns and grays and a Mickey Mouse cap. <laughs> Perfect deer hunting <laughs> paraphernalia, <laughs> Patrick. So, hey, buddy, I tell you what, the 11 or 12 minutes here has flown by pretty quick. Like, uh, don't you go away, but uh, I've got to take a short break here, and then I'll be right back because i got a million more questions I want to ask you about that safari trip to Africa. Hey everyone, Braden Licklider here with the Marys County Bank. I uh, wanted to touch base with you today on a scenario that comes up every once in a while, and a lot of times when we hear about it, we hear about it too late. Uh, we're going into fall now, and everybody's gearing up for hunting season, and every once in a while you run into a scenario where you figure out you don't have any place to hunt. I uh, wanted to let you know that the Marys County Bank, we have very flexible repayment terms, um, varying payment plans uh, that offer a lot of options to allow people to uh, go ahead and obtain these hunting properties and have a place to go and a, a place to go for generations to come. Um, if that's something that you think might be of interest to you, I would encourage you to reach out to myself at 573-885-8900. Um, and of course, want to let you know that the Marys County Bank is an equal housing lender and member FDIC. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast today. We're starting a new feature. It's uh, Property Spotlight. And I've got on the line with me Patrick Sneeders. He's the Living the Dream Outdoors property agent up at Freeburg, Missouri. And I understand that you've got a property that you'd like to talk to us about uh, today. So let's hear it. Yeah, thanks for having me on here, Bill. I appreciate it. Oh, um, glad yeah, to have property, you. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back on. I did one of these uh, probably about a year ago, but yeah, I'm glad to be back on. So the uh, property I have today uh, I want to talk about, it's a 356-acre uh, property um, up in uh, Monroe County. Um, it's got a Madison address. Um, it's one of those types of properties uh, that doesn't come along too often um, up there especially. It's got about 100 acres of it. Um, it's currently in CRP um, with like a $17,000 a year payment, um, but it could be converted back over to row crops. The dirt up there is amazing. Um, and then the rest is like uh, 250 acres of um, just nice wooded draws, thick. You know, it's never been logged. There's probably close to $200,000 worth of timber on the property. Um, wow. Just giant white oaks, walnuts. Um, you, yeah, you name it, it it's got it. Um, it also has a, uh, a home, all brick um, home built uh, in 1998, I believe. And it is uh, 2,500 square foot finished upstairs and downstairs. So 5,000 total square foot finished, um, three bed, two baths, um, all custom handmade woodwork on the inside. The owners that live there um, built it themselves and it took them about nine years to finish this house. So it is. It is truly a, a very, very meticulous, well-built home. So that's pretty cool. And it overlooks a uh, five-acre lake. So it is, it's quite the property. It's got everything. It's got water. It's got the, got the CRP income or tillable income, woods, nice home. Um, it's on the back of a dead-end county road. So it's kind of what you'd be looking for, if, you know, your dream property. Absolutely. Well, I can see why they see a few other. <laughs> I, I can see why they listed it with you and living the dream outdoor properties. Man, that's that sounds like a dream come true. 
Yeah, it is, and it, it has a it's a big price tag. It's listed at one point eight nine million. Um, but with like you said, with all the all the details I gave uh, previously, I think it is worth that. Um, like I said, it's actually got four other um, ponds on it besides the five acre lake. It's got four others that are all ranging between an acre and two acres. So there's there's close to ten or eleven acres of water on the property. It used to be a catfish farm, so. All, all five of them stocked with bass, catfish, crappie, and uh, they pull some whoppers out of there every year. So it's, it's a pretty neat place. Oh, sounds like a piece of heaven. Well, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Patrick, and discuss that property, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just give me a, give me a call, or you can shoot me a text at 573-690-1118. Or if you would like to email me, my email is pat.livingthedream at gmail.com. Well, Patrick, thanks for giving us uh, that tip today about this fabulous property. And folks, don't hesitate because a lot of these properties don't last very long. Welcome back to this second segment of today's Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. I've had on the program with me Patrick Steeters. He's a Living the Dream Outdoors property agent, specialist, guru, all kinds of titles. This guy is tearing up the real estate business like all the other agents. Patrick, i got to ask you, uh, I failed to do so earlier in the program. How long have you been with Living the Dream Outdoor properties? Yeah, I, so I've been with uh, Living the Dream for about four years now. Um, yeah, I graduated college in 2017 from the University of Evansville um, in Indiana. I played some baseball down there, and uh, I knew once I college, I wanted to get get back into you know the outdoor uh, world. So uh, it was naturally a perfect fit. So I've been been with them for about four years now. Well, boy, I bet that four years have gone by quickly because you guys have been incredibly business uh, busy. You know, Daryl Heimer and uh, the owner-operator out of Cuba, Missouri. He's supported me for several years in radio program, podcast, and now the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. And, of course, he hit me up early on trying to make a real estate agent out of me. And I, I had a comeback for him. You're going to love this, man. I said, hey, I got I got a great <laughs> idea. You're listening. <laughs> you probably know what's coming. Hey, you're listing all these great properties, and, of course, you want to sell them as quickly and cleanly as possible, and you guys do a great job of that. But I said, do you don't realize how much quicker you could sell those things if, if you'd give me a key to the gates and I could hunt and fish on these properties, man, write articles? and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the response I got. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good response, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, he, he laughed every time I brought that up. I said, I, I failed to see the humor. This is a serious business proposition you know but people out there don't have to worry about bill cooper getting a key to their gate because i've been working for him for years and i've never seen a key yet so they're pretty tight with those <laughs> keys when it comes to the property but again you guys boy I'm, i i watch you guys i check on you every day and i see the new properties coming up and then i, I see the cheers and the happy faces and all that when the properties sell and both the the seller and the buyer are extremely extremely happy and uh, I have people asking me questions all the time. I, I refer them to you guys. You know, talk to the experts. I can brag on you, but you guys have got the details. Well, let's, uh, Patrick, go right back to Africa. You know, it's a long jump from United States over to Africa. How many hours did it take you flying over? Yeah, it was. It's a long flight. I tell you what, it was. It was sixteen hours over there and wow. fifteen back. So wow, yeah, that, that's, it's uh, it's. It, 
it's a trip <laughs> pretty good oh i hope you had a comfortable ride <laughs> <laughs> as comfortable as it could get i guess those planes uh, they come a long way but yeah it, it's a long time to be uh stuck up on a plane oh did you experience any jet lag going or coming oh uh on the way there we were so excited that it never really did hit us <laughs> but uh on the way back it, on the way back it definitely got us that's that's for sure oh I, I bet it did that's quite a quite a trip and of course you mentioned the excitement level i i just can't imagine what it would feel like to know that you're going to africa and you're going to be hunting some big game with bows and arrows and i have to ask you guys of course i'm sure you took your own bows and equipment uh what what uh brand of bows do you guys shoot and for all this game what poundage do you have those bows set at yeah, so I uh, I shoot a Bowtech and Dale shoots a Matthews, and we had them cranked up to seventy, um, which oh, was the max. Right. Um, and for the animals we were going after, that was uh, enough. But um, we kind of talked about maybe making a trip back and going after even some bigger animals like Cape Buffalo, and oh, we'll wow. have to get a, a bow that could support eighty or ninety pounds to, if we want to go after those. So wow. uh, it, it's truly incredible how big and tough those animals are over there. Yes, especially Cape Buffalo. You know, people talk about call call them. I think Ruark called them the Dark Death. You know, and uh, because uh, it seems, <laughs> yep. yeah, it seems like at least every year there's one or two hunters or the professional hunters that uh, that uh, get nailed by one of these buffaloes. And uh, boy, that that uh, could, could not be good any way you look at it. But there's such a. I have to brag on you guys as American hunters. You know, uh, African game, and not a lot of people realize realize this but african game would be almost totally gone if it were not for the american hunter it's it's been so cool to watch actually some of the populations come back in the last two or three decades because american hunters have poured so much money into that economy it took all of us as human beings a long time i, I remember studying this some in in college and wildlife management when they were first beginning to talk about putting a value a dollar value on an animal and that's what has happened across our country and countries like Africa where that Cape Buffalo or where it's uh, uh, the antelopes or whatever, when you can put a dollar value on them and the American hunter and people from around the world are paying those you know, pretty good prices to hunt those animals, well, not only does that money go back into the local economy, but quite often uh, all the meat is donated to local communities as well. So it's a great shot in the arm for those those uh, uh, communities in Africa. And before people, you know, jump on the bandwagon of being anti-hunters and that sort of thing, uh, they really need to consider what the uh, economics of hunting uh, amounts to, not only in Africa, but in this this country as well. And I won't get into pricing and all all that sort of thing, but I'm, I'm sure you guys had saved a pretty penny to, to make that trip. But... Uh, one of the things now did did you have to practice quite a bit uh, before you went to adjust from up to that seventy pounds? That's a lot of draw. So yeah, well actually, yeah, I, I shoot seventy um, all the time, so I didn't have to adjust on that. But one thing we did have to adjust to was um, they don't really allow expandable broadheads over there um, oh. because the the yeah the skin on these animals are so tough that they said those expandable like rages and you know stuff like that will kind of just um 
you know, bounce off of them or barely penetrate. So we did, me and Dale both shot expandables over here, you know, for, for whitetail hunting. Right. So we had to go to the six blade broadhead and, and get 125 grain um, six blade, you know, the, wow. the bigger, heavier broadhead. So we did have to do quite a bit of practice shooting with that and adjust the sights because it's a, you know, it's a heavier tip and, um, you know, it, it's going to drop more, you know, than the 100 grain sure um, expandable so that that is the biggest thing that we had to make an adjustment to uh-huh well every time you go to a new place new country or whatever there's there's always adjustments that have to be made that's one thing about a bow hunter man i tell you it's not a static sport things are changing all the time and change species locations whatever there's some adaptations to be made well i i gotta ask you uh what patrick what was the first animal that you took in africa yeah, the first animal I took was uh, an impala, a very, very wow. nice impala. Actually, it was a uh, yeah, a true, true trophy. I actually did not know uh, how big it was until after he was on the ground, and I looked at our PH um, Peter Larue, and uh, he goes, "He's like that. That's a monster there." He said, "That's that's technically like a our Boone and Crockett." He said, "That's what that impala was," and it it was it was it was a very, very nice impala. So I was very lucky and fortunate to take an animal like that. Boy, I would, I would say so. How, uh, how far was the shot? Hunting over waterhole, I assume. Yeah, we, yep. Yeah, so we were hunting over waterhole in a blind, and he, uh, he came into oh, it was probably between fifteen and twenty yards. So it wasn't wasn't too far at all. But um, they, he was skittish. He, he came in and he did his circles, and uh, he let all the smaller ones come in first. So I didn't know if it was going to happen, but he finally came in and he actually stuck his head in to take a bite of uh alfalfa hay and uh i, I put the hurt into him and, and made a really great shot and then crazy and you'll actually get to see this because we filmed everything and um it'll be on um, the Huntline tv show oh, cool um he when he took off he he jumped yeah he jumped over that water hole and i bet he jumped 10 to 12 foot up in the air he could have cleared a 10 foot fence it's the craziest thing that i've ever seen it is amazing how athletic those impala are it was it'll when you see it it's like you almost got to watch it again to believe it because it was it was crazy how high that animal jumped oh now i gotta ask you too of course having hunted uh, all of my life uh, i still you know i'm 72 years old but i still get extremely excited get a little buck fever when the moment comes you know so what was going through your mind as you knew, knew the shot was coming uh what were you thinking yeah, it uh, it really isn't much different than uh, you know the bow hunting over here. I I went when, when he was coming in, he's kind of coming in on a beeline. I, I spotted him from about a hundred yards away. All of a sudden, you know, the heart just started pumping. So I stood up, I grabbed my bow, and like I said, we're in a blind, and uh, those animals can can see so well over there that this little bitty slit out of these blinds that maybe like you know two inches by five inches you see out of, and then right in the middle. You know, there's a there's a window, and we had a, a blind over it that was probably about a foot and a half, you know, tall and only about eight inches wide. So it really can't see out of these blinds at all. And um, our, our PH said, okay, stand up, grab your bow. He said, just get ready to shoot. So he stands back, and he actually comes to the front of the blind and is looking out. And then right at the last second when they put their head down, he just swings that blind open, you know, real, real slowly, and you're drawn back, and you just shoot. You got about five seconds. Wow. And, you know, you let them have it, but. Yeah, it, it was about a you know three or four minute process where I was just standing there with my you know release everything knocked and I was just you know heart was just going, just blood was pumping and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that everybody's after that you get addicted to. That's that's what it was. 
Oh, I, I, I'm certain that that is, is true. Now, I'm sure uh, there were some uh, big celebrations going on in camp that evening after taking an animal like that. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, it was. And actually, we were fortunate enough that uh, Dale uh, shot a kudu that same day, actually, right before that. So um, it, day one was actually probably the best day on our hunt. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there was some celebrating to go on at camp uh, afterwards, that's for sure. Well, I, I, I tell you what, that's part of the African experience. All the guides and outfitters I've ever talked to, you, you know, they're, uh, they're highly experienced, well-trained, licensed, and the whole nine yards. But these people are real people persons as well. Uh, I try to read uh, stuff about Africa fairly often. I still read Ruark's books and and uh, reread those accounts because uh, and I get so excited about the the guys when they're talking about the lions. You know, I forget the author's name who it was. I saw a presentation about this one time, uh, but it, he was a big bow hunter. He and a buddy went over. It's round round the turn of the century, and they were in a grass blind at night. Now. With, oh yeah, with bows, and I guess they used lights to hunt lions. Now I can't imagine being in a small grass blind hunting big lions with a bow at night. Uh, I don't know if my heart would take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our PH Peter, um, he had obviously he had story after story. He's been in the you know the hunting business like this for I forget you know thirty or thirty five years. So um, yeah, he had some crazy stories of some predator hunting at night with the spotlights and. Uh, you know, some animals, you know, coming coming in on the attack and, you know, defending themselves. So, yeah, it, it is no joke out there. It is it is the wild safari. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it, it's crazy how big those cats are out there, too. It, it'll truly blow your mind. <laughs> well, don't run off, Patrick. I know you got more stories to tell, but we're going to take another brief break here. And then we'll be right back with more of Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm Benton Stevenson, filling in for Frank Cox on the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Hey, Ben, glad to have you here, man. I tell you, uh, got some great things going on in the Missouri outdoors. And do you know what time it is? Uh, I believe it's our drawing time. Hey, it's giveaway time. Giveaway time. <laughs> yeah, we, we're giving away uh, great great things. Uh, we've got a long list of sponsors that help us out uh, each week. And, uh, man, we got a fantastic gift this week. Oh, yeah. I bet you'd even like to have it. Uh, what is the gift this week? Well, we have here a $100 gift card from Academy, and this uh, comes from Turnbow Outdoors over at Cherryville, Missouri. These guys are great hillbilly outdoorsmen, <laughs> and uh, they hunt and fish and do it all here in the great Missouri Ozarks, and you can catch those guys on a YouTube channel. They've got their own YouTube channel, and uh uh, they've already scored on the archery season this year already. I think their group has put a couple of deer down already. All right. They're way ahead of me. Well, yeah, of course they are. You're always doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. But I've been teal hunting uh, this uh, last week or so and uh, just getting started bow hunting. I like to wait for the cooler weather. A lot of the guys get out there, boy, as soon as the clock ticks. You know, they are ready to go. to Turnbow Outdoors, some great, great guys. So, who's the rest of our sponsors today? Oh, well, they actually sponsor for the uh, year. Oh. And we've got 17 or 18 of them. And I'm going to read these off. These guys don't get near enough publicity for what they do. They always miss them at the end of the program. But 
right at the top of the list of living the dream outdoor properties. I don't know if the boss knows it or does not yet, but he's going to have to provide me a few $100 gift cards. All right. I'll let you tell him that. Yeah, as long as I get one. <laughs> also, the Fly Rod Journals, that comes right here out of the Cooper residence. You know, I have several Facebook pages. That's one of them, the Fly Rod Journals. Smokerbuilder.com. That's Frank Cox we talked about. We're bad-mouthing him because <laughs> I've been able to catch up with him all week. You know, Frank is the one and only living the dream outdoor properties real estate recruiter. He travels around the Midwest, several states, trying to actually drum up people to be real estate agents for living the dream. Uh, these guys are just selling multi-million-dollar properties and little properties too, as fast as they can get them listed. So if you've got a either a great property property to list, or if you're looking for a property to buy, look these guys up. That's Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And I think it's LivingTheDreamLand.com, if I'm not mistaken. I was once, you know. Hmm. And also, Cowtown, USA, over at Cuba, Missouri, Westover Farms out of Steelville, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy down in Salem, close to Current River Country, Stainwater Bow Fishing. Oh, man, these guys are fabulous. I brag on them all the time. If you want to kill some big carp and buffalo and gar and all those rough fish with bows, these are the guys to go with. And they're running two boats now. they got one that runs the Ozark Rivers, you know, the Gasconade and Osage and different ones, but they also have a boat now down on Taney Como Lake. And Taney Como in southwest Missouri there at Branson is known for trout fishing, but there's a lot of rough fish there as well, man. Plus the guys who run that boat does uh he guides for I think uh, crappie trout uh walleye which is a big thing stripers too striped bass and they've got a kind of corner on the market i understand on some huge striped bass All right i gotta go test those waters you know yeah somebody needs to well i always volunteer to be the guinea pig i don't blame you i would too <laughs> lots of fun also scenic rivers guide service and tours that's down around the eminence area and billy smith boy he's a favorite of mine has been for about 40 years this guy worked for the national park service for over three decades in maintenance he he grew up in that area, and he knows all the rivers like the back of his hand. And you can actually get on a boat with Billy. You can go fishing if you want to, but he can also actually do do uh, uh, tours up and down the rivers. Uh, Billy knows all the hollows and the secret places. He can tell you who lived on such and such a hollow decades ago and how many kids they had and what their mule's name was. <laughs> <laughs> all important information. Oh, it is, but Billy's such a unusual pleasantly gifted character you know he he's just a delight to be with of course who's all valley resort over in the who's all that's a cottrell gang man and these guys gosh they got i think two and a half miles of campgrounds on the who's all you can go to the family side or you can go over to what they call the zoo there's a reason for that. <laughs> great people, great times over there. Pico Lures. Boy, these are a great group of guys. I've run into them once in a while. They're from south, I think, Oklahoma, but put out some great, great baits, man. And uh, they're going to provide us like a $100 package of lures. I might have dropped my name in that hat, you know. But uh, Devil's Backbone Outfitters. That's down in southwest Missouri. On the North Fork of the White, close to it, some great deer and turkey hunting down there. And I bet these guys eventually get into bear hunting as, as well because they got bears down. 
Cardiac Outfitters, Mountain Outfitters, right here out of Rolla, Missouri, Damon Spurgeon. He's famous for the drift boat, superb fly fisherman. Mary's County Bank. Uh, I hope they're going to give us a bunch of gold bars or something. Ooh. I'm not sure. That'd be a good day right there. That'd be a real good day, but I'm afraid it's going to be a $100 gift certificate. <laughs> Darn. Something of that sort. Good one here, Rich's Famous Burgers. You know, he's in the Steelville area, takes care of a lot of the tourists, but he's also coming to St. James pretty quick. Really? Like, Yeah, I think in October he'll he'll be open. Uh, I can't wait for that guy to get here. The Fallen Outdoors, they're out of the Fort Wood area, Waynesville, St. Roberts. Uh, just a neat, neat nationwide program, and it's far uh, veterans, and I think that they actually take active military uh, guys and gals on trips as well, hunting and fishing. Just a great work across the company, country. Another great, uh, great one is Ledco Sinker and Lure Company, and they're from the Buckhorn area, which is on the other side of Waynesville. Great little uh, bait shop. They actually started out making lead sinkers, unusual sinkers that fishermen wanted and couldn't find anywhere else. Now they got. A whole gamut of outdoor supplies, but also Turnbow Outdoors. We've mentioned them. They're giving the gift card today, and we appreciate that so much. Appreciate all these sponsors. So be sure and patronize these people. They want to keep us in business, you know, <laughs> keep us going. And all great people, great outdoors people, and they'll be delighted to help you out. But did we pick today's winner yet? Uh, I don't think so. Hey, We've got the bowl over here still. Stir stir around the bowl and see what you see what you come up with. That's a popcorn bowl, you know. We use it to draw names out of and all right, who is it? I've got Kyle Casp, I think. It's Case, I think. Case. C A S E. I know that name. Uh Kyle's a winner. Kyle, I'll get a hold to you and you'll have to give me a address to mail this to you. I think Kyle might be a UPS guy. Might be. I feel I've heard the name before, and it's probably from you. I think he is a UPS guy. Sorry, man. We send it through the mail. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, we'll find out, and uh, we'll take care of it. Hey, folks, if you're listening to us driving down the road or piddling around in the garage, whatever, uh, stick with us. we got some more information here in just a moment. Hey, Billy, so we're still needing to announce next week's winner for the gift cards. Uh, you know, hey, this is one of the most enjoyable part of the programs for me because I can remember days, man, when 100 bucks was a lot of money, and it still is when it oh, comes yeah. to outdoor products. So it, it's a pretty good uh, prize, and I, I complain ever, ever show, you know, that I can't put my own name in a pot. But uh, here's another Academy $100 gift card, and this is uh, supplied by yours truly and the Fly Rod Journals. I almost put a stipulation on on this one that hey, you have to buy flies with this hundred dollar <laughs> gift certificate. But I uh, just kidding. You can take it over to Academy. Uh, of course, we're close to Rolla, Missouri, but I'm sure this is good in any Academy store. So it's uh, uh, how do you win this thing? You need to log on to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast Facebook page. And first off, like the page. you got to like us or we're not going to give you anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the comment section, just type in your name and you're automatically entered for the draw. Pretty good prize, you think? Oh, yeah. This is a very pretty gift card. 
Yeah, what is that? That looks like kind of for hikers and backpackers, maybe yeah. campers. It's got a scene on the front of it. last one we gave away was camoed, man. This one's just got people's feet and socks. Yeah, but I think that's a tent. And they're, oh, they're, it is. Yeah, they're looking out of the tent across the lake and at the mountains. Beautiful scene. I don't I don't think a $100 gift card is going to get you to the mountains, though. Oh, that's fine. Nobody wants it for the $100. They want it for the nice little art they can put on their mantle. Oh, yeah, but, yeah I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, everybody be burning that $100 card up in a hurry. But once again, that's uh, from the Fly Rod Journals. Get on that page as well, particularly if you're a fly fisherman. I have guys from around the country that uh, put information up once in a while. And you can share information as well. It's not something I work extremely hard, but it is extremely a lot of fun, and particularly people that I hear from hey now you know how to enter so be sure and do that and uh, the podcast airs every two weeks so it'll be up in october when we give this card away but a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I hope you've been enjoyed listening to Patrick Steeters as much as I have. He's making a hair stand up on the back of my neck talking about wild critters in Africa. Because Africa, there's still some portions of it that are just pretty wild. And all of us see the big animals on TV and watch the hunting channel and all that sorts of thing. And, and get to see people participating in hunting uh, adventures in Africa. But here's two guys that I know that went to Africa just recently, and it's their first trip there, but I got a feeling that it's not going to be their last. Are you planning for the next trip yet, Patrick? <laughs> we we are, yeah. We haven't uh, gotten any details set in stone yet, but uh, it's one of those trips where as soon as we got done, we got me and Dale looked at each other and said, we got to go back. Absolutely. Um, it's just one of those types of experiences that, yeah, that just, uh, so yeah, we will definitely be going back. I don't know if it'll be this next year but it'll probably be the year after that and we'll go back and target a few different animals and uh yeah it's just uh one of those places that uh you can't get enough of yeah in your blood now you have been smitten so (laughs) but let me encourage you (laughs) before you go back uh read some of these uh uh, books or at least parts of them pick through the chapters i do that a lot of time read things that appeal to me the most but uh again theodore roosevelt robert ruark uh, ernest hemingway all have fabulous stories about africa but you know in our modern times here colonel boddington i don't know if you're familiar with him uh you see him a lot on the outdoor shows and he writes for mm-hmm. sports field i think some of those magazines he he goes to africa quite a lot so that's kind of a modern day version of what's going on with hunting in africa and he's uh i think he's uh, funded by the dallas safari club if i'm not mistaken or he has a lot to do yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, great shows, great stories. But, hey, we, we hope to see the the great videos and the great stories that you guys have produced uh, as well. And what's the name of the show again, and where can people find uh, your TV show? Yeah, so it, it'll be on uh, Huntline TV, which is on here on our local channels, um, back here uh, on, on Channel 13. And then you can also go to Facebook and, and find Huntline TV or on YouTube and find all of our episodes um, there. And, uh, yeah, we, we don't have them quite finished yet, but um, uh, here shortly in the next couple of weeks, we should have everything done. So we brought home uh, quite a bit of footage, so it actually probably <laughs> turned into two, uh, two, two shows. So, yeah, it, uh, 
that's where you can find it at, Huntline TV. And, uh, yeah, make sure to go and uh, give it a watch and uh, give it a like. So it, it should be some pretty good stuff. Oh, man, sounds exciting. Of course, it it's always, it's amazing, you know, when you know somebody personally who's had the experience. I'd far rather watch them and watch their expressions, watch them uh, see how they react under given situations than I would uh, some famous character, you know. Uh, I think we're all like that. We're, right. Well, yeah, we like Oh, yeah. We like to support our friends because we know that that's the real deal. When you're there for the first time, the excitement level has just got to be astronomical. Well, let's get back to the hunts, man. I, I know you both uh, each took uh, several animals while you're on your safari in Africa. But uh, did you you guys personally eat any of the meat from some of these animals? Yeah, so we did. And that was one of the cool things is every single night um, for dinner, and breakfast sometimes too. We were eating um, the local animals, so we had we had some wildebeest, we had some gemsbok, we had kudu, um, we had impala. I mean, you name it, and I think we ate it over there. It was it was truly amazing what they cooked for us. Um, like I said, it was just a, di- a different you know, game animal every night, and it was some delicious meat. They prepared it perfectly, and I, I think it was some animals that were taken in the past. So I'm sure some future hunters will probably. Uh, get eat a little bit of the meat that we harvested so yeah it was it was uh it was good it was very delicious and it was awesome getting to obviously you know eat what you've been you know hunting over there oh absolutely that's one of my favorite of course i love to cook and and uh love to cook out outdoors and actually did a column for about a decade called the gravel bar gourmet here in the ozarks it's for a outdoor magazine out of st louis yeah it was all about just cooking on gravel bars, so I can imagine uh, how it would be in Africa. Well, of all those meats you got to try, did, was there a favorite that stood out in your mind? Yeah, I think uh, the the blue wildebeest. That's the one that keeps coming back to my mind. Uh, I don't know if I was just a little extra hungry that night or if it was just <laughs> a little bit better. But that, uh, that blue wildebeest, it was uh, it was delicious. I don't I didn't ask them what they did because uh, I wasn't. You know, it's not my business how they prepare their food. I was just there to eat it, and it was delicious. I, I, I bet so. Boy, it sounds like a fabulous, fabulous experience. Well, were most of the animals cooked up in, like, steaks or stews, or what did they serve most? Yeah, it was both, yeah. We had, uh, had them in steaks, and then, yeah, we had a couple different little stew mixtures also. So, yep, oh. it was uh, had, them, had them in every which way possible. Boy, uh that sounds like it'd be worth a trip in itself, you know. My having gone to Mexico as long as I have in Yucatan, it's one of the things I always look forward to, boys, the foods. But uh, I told the guys down there this time, they need to realize that us Americans have to have, we need a cheeseburger about every other day. Because you know? <laughs> 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 uh, undoubtedly, Every year when I go down to Mexico, I wind up sick at least one day because my system has to adjust to all of the rich foods. And, uh, boy, this last trip I was down for two weeks. We were in the jungle for a week, and then a friend Bill Bryan and I, he used to be our director of state parks. We were down working on some, helping them work on some conservation projects. And uh, so we wind up staying mm-hmm. the second week, and uh, we were at a little fishing village doing some tarpon fishing, and the local uh, people there taking care of us owned a fabulous restaurant, a beautiful little motel right on the beach. And uh, uh, 
the first thing they brought out, I'd already eaten a lot of rich food that week. They brought out a big platter. Now, it was kind of a soup, sort of. Had a lot of liquid in it, but it was, what was it? Yeah. Shrimp, snails, and squid, maybe, and octopus. Very rich. I ate the whole thing. Wow. And I was sick the rest of the trip. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes trying those new foods will uh, will get to you. Uh, they they do, but you just can't. It's such a part of the experience. You can't uh, forego, you know, trying the local foods. But right. I, t- I tell you what, don't be a pig like me, because <laughs> you're going to pay for it in a lot of circumstances. Well, let's talk about the outfitters themselves. It sounds like you guys had a grand time, and you go back, are you going to use the same outfitter again? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was Peter and Serena LaRue with Wild Footprint Safaris. Okay. Um, they uh they met every expectation that we had and beyond so yet yeah, we will absolutely um you know be coming back to to them again so and they actually make a trip out to uh the states here every year and go to the dallas safari club um expo and uh they actually make it up here in our neck of the woods and uh me and dale are planning to have a dinner with them one night when they do come back here in a few months so yeah this extraordinary people um very professional. Peter knew, you know, everything you could ever imagine about hunting and was very helpful. And Serena was, you know, back at the camp and, you know, making sure everything was running smooth there. And they just, uh, they're a very dynamic duo. So sounds, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, sounds like it. And, and, uh, Hey, yeah, you're probably going to bring them some business. So be sure and gouge them a little bit, let them know, you know, that you got on the uh, podcast, got to advertise for them because, I love doing that. You know, I've been in this business for a little oh, over 50 years. I've met hundreds, if not thousands. It's just great outdoorsmen uh, like yourself, man. And it's always, I love the stories. I, I will never get tired of listening to outdoor stories, particularly hunting and fishing stories, particularly first experiences, you know. And, uh, Patrick, you're in the business of helping people live their dreams. And through these fabulous properties that you guys list, I, I was just looking at some today, you know, and it's just, man, I, I, I was at a crossroads in my life uh, probably 30 years ago. I had a chance to buy a really neat property that I deer hunted on and turkey hunted on and and but you know what how it is with properties many times we have to we have to make some income off the property most of us do to justify it so i had to make the decision right do i let this somebody else buy this property and let it go because if i buy it i'll have to i'll have to live on it and work it and try to get some income off of it or do i want to continue down the road of this outdoor communications business and be able to travel you know this little business to take me all the way from alaska to the yucatan and uh so i elected to go the route of the outdoor communications business and i don't regret it because i do uh get in on some fabulous properties around the world uh simply because i'm an outdoor communicator and i get invited to media events and that sort of thing but I also know people like Daryl Hyman, who holds a lot of keys in his hand to some fabulous properties. Now I'm going to lean on you and try to work on Daryl and see if I can't get a key. What do you think? <laughs> you think I can break him? Well, I'll try to. I'll try to help you out as much as I can. <laughs> I got a feeling we're not going not going to gain much ground. Well, Patrick, one last uh, final statement from you about going to Africa on safari. 
Yeah, um, I was just going to say if, um, you know, anybody out there listening is, is interested in it, um, you know, be, you know, don't, don't be afraid to contact me at, at my cell again at 573-690-1118. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking about it, uh, um, I'm, a, you know, just uh, sitting here with info on it and I will give you everything I got because, like I said, it's truly a, a, a trip of a lifetime and uh, I can't wait to go back. So don't be afraid to contact me if you, uh, I want to know some more details and, uh, you know, such like that. Um, other than that, uh, that's, that's about all I got. I'm sure I can go on with stories, uh, on and on from there, but, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And like I said, Bill, thank you very much for having me on the show today. Oh, Patrick, thank you so much, ma'am. Cause, uh, it's just a grand, grand, uh, lifetime experience to be able to go to another continent to hunt game and particularly with a bow and uh, folks for uh, patrick sneeder and myself uh, bill cooper we want to encourage you to get outdoors and live your dreams hey guys this is frank cox with living the dream outdoor properties hey have you ever considered a career in real estate if you have but you don't have your license this is your opportunity So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales. 
unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you.